0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit.
0: So, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. And this is Live Wild Radio. And today's episode, we've got our pal, Katie Corlett, on, who was one of the people that could have started this whole thing with me. And then we all fizzled out and didn't do anything. And then Catherine came along and then said, we have to do things properly and do things. And actually, and then that's where it all came from. So I had an idea and you were there at the beginning of the idea. Uh, So welcome. Hi. Yeah. So for people that don't know if they never followed any of our old stuff, um, three years ago, Katie and I um, hiked a chunk of the Appalachian Trail together. Outside of that, before that, you'd traveled a big chunk of the world.
2: Little chunk of the world.
0: Uh, well, okay. Well, let, let's just sort of how many countries do you, have you been in?
2: I actually don't know off the top of my head, like 24, I think. Yeah, that's. Yeah, um, I've traveled through Europe, I've been to Switzerland, France, Germany, Italy, Spain. Been to in Southeast Asia. I've been to Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam. I went to South Korea. I've been to Australia, Cuba, Mexico,
0: um,
2: Jamaica, Canada, the U.S. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of any. Were you in
0: some in Central America? Uh,
2: no, not really. No, so far I really I, I've done Guatemala. I went to yeah I went to what? Guatemala a month ago. I don't even remember that. <laughs> really? <laughs> it was there a month ago? <laughs> it was there in November? Yeah, so two wow. months ago now.
1: So, would most of that traveling that you just rhymed off right now, was that in the span of like a couple years?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's all impressive. Of, all of my traveling's been in the last four years now.
0: Yeah, because Katie doesn't like to keep full time jobs.
2: No. I was actually having a conversation with a friend about this the other month. And it was, um, I think, my longest job that I've had was eight months.
0: Yeah, because when I met Katie, we both worked at the same outdoor store. And. Yeah, I don't know why, because I remember, like, getting a text from you. um, Hey, do you want to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail? Uh, And I said yes, and then it turned into the Appalachian Trail, because scheduling and all that kind of shit. Um, But, yeah, at that point, you had been to Southeast Asia, and then you'd come back, and then you went to Morocco, I
2: think i went to i went to morocco before didn't i
0: not before southeast asia that was after
2: no before the trail though. oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah it's yeah. before the trail i went to i went to south africa after the trail yeah because I, I got off i was back for like a week and then i went and met my sister there
0: yeah um yeah i mean southeast asia first yeah i think you know but uh yeah like you know it's always one of those things where i'm always sort of through social media or just reaching out, going, okay, where is she right now? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, on the on the trail, we spend a ton of time together. Um, but most of the time, you like, you're off right now. You're in school. You went back because you've got what? What is it? You got your university bachelor's in?
2: I have a bachelor's in political science, philosophy, and legal studies.
0: Okay, and now you're going to college mm-hmm. for environmental technician. Yep. Okay. Um, and there was sort of like a gap in between <laughs> while well, you traveled, the, yeah. you know, basically. <laughs> and you, you did the thing essentially of work uh, to save up enough money and then fuck off till you run out of money.
2: Yeah, I'd work like a mad woman. I'd work like, I don't know, maybe 70 hours a week, 60, 70 hours a week until yeah. I was completely burned out. And then I'd do that for three months and then I'd leave.
1: And so when you go on these trips, what kind of adventures are you going after?
2: Just trying to see new places for the most part. See the cultures, try the food, hear the language. Okay. So not necessarily hiking. Very exploratory.
1: Exploratory. Is it more about the culture and, and the destinations versus the, the hiking or the, you know, the sport? I'd say so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Although it's
2: kind of nice when they tie in. Yes. So like when I was in Turkey, um, Owen and I found out about a trail that was there. So it's a 540 kilometer trail down the West Coast of Turkey and we got on that for a couple of days yeah. and that was really cool to be able to tie something that I really enjoy with traveling yeah. as well.
1: And so Owen, just can you introduce who Owen is and how oh. you met?
2: <laughs> Owen's my fiance and met him with Winston when we were hiking on the Appalachian Trail.
0: Yeah. So uh, anybody who wants to um, have <laughs> part of my dating service, because now it's, I think it's happened three times. I've taken people on cool trips, you know, or partnered with them or whatever you want to call it. Like we're, you know. Uh, And in addition to sort of the memories, they come home with uh, a romantic interest. It only seems to be ladies, but that's actually almost all my friends are women. And so yeah. maybe I could help guys <laughs> hook up, but I just don't know how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my advice to guys, if you want to get girls, just do cool shit and invite people along. Yes. And then um, if anything's going to happen, it'll happen. Like that's, I'm lazy. <laughs> like i will do tons of physical stuff but it's like (laughs) like this whole like social media dating or like dating apps and all that kind of stuff i'm not gonna it's like uh. so you've been to like you know 20 odd countries um any standout is sort of like you know wow
2: i'd love to go back to mexico i think mexico Mm -hmm. actually might be my favorite country that i've been to oh really I've taken three family vacations there and then I went there on my own Yes, and did more of like a, it was volunteering and then also like a little side trip at the end of volunteering where we actually bused down the entire country, like from north to south oh, wow. and then stayed at a little island that was off the coast. It was about maybe a three hour drive from the Guatemala border and just stayed there and there was nobody there but locals and it was amazing. It was, it was really nice. And so what were you said you were volunteering? What kind of volunteering were you doing? Um, it was with an organization called All Hands and Hearts, and they do a lot of reconstruction projects. So they focus on areas that are prone to natural disasters. Okay. So when it comes to floods or earthquakes or hurricanes, anything of the sort. So that time I was there because there was an earthquake that was it was 6.2 magnitude and it hit in um, hit in Mexico City in Alhutla uh, in, um, in Mexico, which is in like Morelos okay. is the province. Sorry, <laughs> in Morelos is the province. And so um, they were doing a reconstruction of all the schools in the community because they didn't have any schools for the
1: kids, so everyone was just in pop-up schools. That's very cool. That's something that, that's appealed to me in the past, but uh, I took a different direction when I was coming out of school.
0: Because now you're a corporate hack
1: wanted to get into diplomacy and so that was international business is where i was going but um i think what that whole concept and that work is so meaningful and a great way to connect in with the locals and the culture you do get the opportunity to connect with the culture
2: so there's a lot of like community gatherings that you'll go to and you'll have like meetings and festivals dances things like that or even for example in mexico it was actually local community members that made our lunch every day Nice. Yeah, cuz they wanted to support us being there trying to help. So, you do have the opportunity to interact with them one-on-one, which is really nice. So, what draws you to go back to Mexico? The people, the food, every everything about it, the colors. It's just it's so lively and welcoming and yeah, it just left a very good impression with me.
0: Yeah, cuz the, the the couple of times I've been down, the thing I ran into was that uh on the plus side, the people are amazing. Um, it's not nearly as scary as everybody makes it out to be. Um,
2: Depending where you are. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but it seems to be like if you're not in massive population centers or you're not near the border, the whole drug cartel thing doesn't seem to be as prevalent. Um, and obviously, I haven't been in 20 years, so... Uh, it wasn't as big back then either, um, but the other thing you run into, and this is this is the negative to it, because uh, I spent some time in the jungle. I fucking hate bugs.
1: Mm. <laughs> like, Did you notice that too, Katie? Bugs? Yeah, yeah. There's Where lots of works? bugs. Okay. Yeah. So you know. I saw, um,
2: I saw a scorpion. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was in the bathroom, and it was when we were on we're on this little island, right? So the island that we went to, you actually have to take a boat to get to it, and there's you have to call them to get the boats come out. It's not like a regular shuttle because it's nobody really goes there. And it's we were in the dead season as well, so nobody's there to begin with. And even then not that many people go there. And it's just very secluded. Like yeah. we were there was us and I think there was one other couple there for one night at the same place, and that was it. And it's um it was like little huts that are right in the sand on the beach. So it's kind of nice. And you can see water on both sides like that gives wow. you an idea of how small it is too. Yeah, yeah it's really pretty but um the bathrooms the bathrooms are like these little stalls so you go in the little stall and on the side of the stall they're pretty like close to like narrow. they're really narrow and I look over and I'm trying to get the toilet paper and there's a scorpion that's right on the wall right beside the toilet paper so it's probably like, <laughs> I'd say a foot foot and a half away from me oh <laughs> and I'm just my like goodness. oh okay I have no idea why I just I'm like okay I'll be calm about this got toilet paper finished I left and then I did you talk to it like I'm just gonna no I I didn't I was just like I just kept my eyes on it the whole time but um I went and looked it up after and the type that was in there it's it wasn't like a dangerous okay it was the very moderate out of like all the different types that you can have and um I one fun fact I didn't know though is that they can jump up to three feet Oh. I didn't know that. So if, oh, you, so if you if you startle yeah, it, I know that. If you startle it, it can jump up to three feet, and, and even you, though it's not life threatening, it can yeah. still do a lot of damage, and I'd still have to probably seek medical attention, which would be practically impossible where I was. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because nobody nobody
0: wants a scorpion jumping down their shirt
1: or <laughs> <laughs> oh. pants. Yeah.
0: As far as like volunteer work, you also went to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tell us about that. Like. Because it, uh, that whole trip, it didn't start off as I was going to do, well, maybe it did. but
2: Yeah, it, it, it didn't really start off as like it was a volunteer trip. So it actually started as just a 10-day tour. And I don't normally take tours, but Owen and I signed up for a tour there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it was a 10-day tour with like a bus and a group of people. And we just traveled from Istanbul. And then we went up like north, west, down along the coast through like the Gallipoli Peninsula. Gallipoli Peninsula, and then down to Izmir, Ankara, kept going down, Cappadocia, back up. So it's like this from basically the northwest and central areas of Turkey is what we saw to start. And then when we were back in Istanbul, we were planning on leaving, and we were actually going to go to Greece to do volunteering because I wanted to volunteer in a refugee camp because that's what I'm interested in doing long term. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure I had an idea it was what I wanted to actually do by trying it out. And so there was an organization there that we were going to go and volunteer with that it just didn't work out. Okay. So we decided to bail on it. But then I found a blog post about this organization that we did end up volunteering with in Turkey and we decided to bite the bullet and go for it. And so we went there and we ended up staying there for, we were there for three months volunteering with them. Hmm. A little over three months, three and a half months. Yep. So we were there four months total, so
1: when those opportunities come up and you're in the country and you've got the time, are they fairly easy to find?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can find them pretty okay, easily. So there's a bunch know. of, there's websites
1: like there's, um, Workaway is a good one. You can do it through
2: woofing. Like there's a whole bunch of, it's basically like work, work for stay. If you're looking for something that's free. Interesting. Yeah. But a lot of them are paid. The majority are paid. Right. Yeah. When even the one that we were at, it was, where they, they were pay us. you? No, you pay no. them.
0: So so is the idea, though, you're volunteering, but they want you to pay to do it?
2: You're paying because where we were, we were staying on base. So they're providing us with housing. They're providing us with. So you've done how many of
1: these volunteer?
2: Not that many, to be
1: honest. um, What, five, three? Yeah, probably around that. For listeners out there who might be interested in this, what kinds of things, what kind of opportunities are there? And how do you go about assessing what's the right fit for you? I'd say
2: try it out if Mm -hmm. you're it depends on what you're interested in there's a lot of different options that you can go down different pathways but um for myself i'm looking into emergency response and like i'm interested in natural disasters and then i'm also interested in anything that's related to conflict okay so i'm interested in international development and kind of steering what i'm gearing towards is working with refugees and helping with any kind of environmental impacts so water which is what
1: i'm going back to school for
0: yeah like katie katie's looking for when the shits hit the fan i'm gonna go work there
1: (laughs) obviously that experience gave you the confirmation yes i want to continue doing that it's
2: interesting because they all kind of compounded on one another so originally when when i did the volunteer work that was doing rebuilding so when i was doing it in houston and florida it was rebuilding homes because, so of because of what? Tornado- because uh, of tornadoes? Because of flooding. Hurricane. And hur- yeah, flooding and hurricanes. Okay. So in Texas, it was because of a hurricane. And then um, also because it had mass flooding too. Yeah. Because of the hurricane. And yep. then in Florida, same thing, hurricane. And then Mexico was because of an earthquake. So in Mexico, it's schools, just because it's international. The companies from the U.S. So anything outside of the U.S., they only focus on schools. Just they can't, I'm not entirely sure why, but they, they aren't able to work on housing. Hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of frowned upon, I guess, which is interesting. It really? is interesting. Yeah. There's
0: going to be some sort of politics involved. There has
2: to be politics involved. But when it came to the U.S., it's, pre- it's pretty much all housing. And then a couple, I think they also do some community structures, but it's mainly housing. It's working like in local community homes. Going there and doing that, That was it's just construction. It's hands-on construction. And it's building it. It's basically tearing it all apart, cleaning it all, and then rebuilding it. Is what you're doing. And Mm. after doing that, I'm like, I don't want to deal with natural disasters. I don't, this isn't what I'm interested in. Okay. So that's why I thought, okay, I do know that I'm interested in people and I'll gear it towards just working with people. And then having a very social aspect when I was in Turkey. So it was Mm -hmm. a lot of distributions and taking food and diapers and clothing and such into refugee camps and actually doing, like handing everything out, meeting members, things like that. And then they were also hosting, it was called a Solar Age Project, where they were trying to teach women how to get involved with solar energy and building little solar panels that they could use to charge their phones and mm. et cetera, and hoping to gear them towards like becoming solar engineers. So that was working very one-on-one with people. And when I was there, it's also taking like helping with kids and taking care of the kids when the moms are there. Cause it's all moms that are coming in to take these projects. So it's a women project as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I was thinking I would do that But then after being there, I'm like, this isn't entirely what I want. And I kind of realized that although I love people and obviously I took politics in school. And so I was kind of looking more towards like international relations. When I thought about it, I'm like, I don't think that working in the environment is necessarily just a hobby. I think it's something that I do want to incorporate into my work as well. So that's why I'm trying to gear it now towards including both. So I think that all of those different experiences have, have kind of worked on top of one another to give me a better perspective
1: of what I'm interested in. When you were in Turkey, um, you didn't sp- you don't speak Turkish. And no. they probably, they might speak English. No.
0: When And the refugees you were working with were Syrian?
1: Yeah, they're Syrian.
0: So... Extra languages. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So, how was that connection? Can you describe that? What that was? Just uh, so there was, was a day in the life of you know working there. Is was it varied? Was it? Yeah. Tell us about that. There's a couple people there that did speak multiple languages.
2: That had, for example, they were able to speak between Turkish and English, or they could speak between Arabic and Turkish. And so you'd kind of have these interpreters that you would go to and have everything translated, so you'd have a better understanding. Yeah
1: what kind of skills are welcomed
2: all skills yeah absolutely all skills anything can be useful which is kind of hard to wrap your head around but anything from if you only have office skills there's so many organizations that do need help with that so they need someone to help with grant writing and proposals for example or if you have technical skills you can be doing things like construction and rebuilding schools rebuilding homes like building a place for volunteers to stay if that's the kind of organization you're looking at if you have all all skills apply mm-hmm. like everything
0: yeah they, they don't want my skills though i can teach people how to start fires and how to pack your backpack
2: that'd be useful <laughs> <laughs> that'd be very useful
0: yeah. actually um <laughs> yeah like it, it, it's an interesting thing though because like as a friend of yours watching you didn't go down the path that, uh, you know, most people have, which is high school, you know, post-secondary education, university, high school, or university or college or whatever it is, and then career, right? It, it was one of those things where, and I can't recommend this to people enough, Um, because when you talk to a lot of people by the time they're in the mid thirties or their Mm forties,
1: they're starting to They're like,
0: what what the fuck did I do with my life?
1: Yeah. Talk about that. What made you after university stop and not continue down a career path?
2: To be honest, I just wanted to travel. That's okay. Yeah. It's actually what it boils down to. So when I started school, um, I would say that within, within the first semester, I was pretty sure that I wanted to drop out. And my plan was like, I'm going to leave and I'm going to go and travel. That's yeah. all I wanted to do. Yeah. And I talked myself out of it. And I told myself that if I started this, I'm going to finish it. Mm-hmm. So I decided to finish it. But then the second that I finished, I left. Gotcha. Yeah. It was kind of a little reward for myself. But in leaving and not actually starting a job, it really helped me figure out what I'm more interested in. I think I'd be very upset right now if I was working in a law office. Yeah. For like nine to five. On Monday to Friday, I don't think I would do well in that kind of environment. And I think in 10 years time, I would have been upset with myself.
0: Yeah, because that's one of the things that that I've, and then maybe it's one of the things we sort of connected about, because when I was your age, I, you know, it was one of those, uh, whatever societal pressure that sort of, you know, has people go down a similar path, um. Like that pressure, I never felt it, you know, or or if I did, it, it it was insignificant. It was like, I'm going to do things I like to do, right? And the, and that's sort of the way I've lived my whole life. You know, obviously you got responsibilities, you got to pay your bills, you got to look after your kid. Um, but that was always something that, that I had this great admiration for you because it was not just okay i gotta make money and the status and the house and the you know all the bullshit that people are talking about it's like you sort of went in the directions of the things that engaged you um and then it's like oh we're out of money let's make some more money and then the whole point of money was to be able to do shit not to to have shit if that makes any sense yeah you know um
2: well, I have collected a lot of outdoor gear, which yeah. costs a lot of money. <laughs> that's what, uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah, but but the fact is you're still driving a nineteen ninety nine Tercel that somehow is not. It runs good.
2: great. Yeah. It does. <laughs> you know? Just bad timing because it's in the shop right now. But.
0: <laughs> um But but that's always one of the, the things that we've always connected about was like the, the there seems to be a, a thing where um, and it's maybe less and less, or maybe with millennials, it's becoming more and more. I don't know. It it's is. hard to follow, but it but is. that idea that um there are people that follow the path that you know they're expected to follow, and then there's people that sort of you know uh, hear the call of adventure, and they can't help but just well, that's where I have to go, um, and. Yeah, like, it's it's always one of those things that, that, uh, uh, to our listeners, like, obviously, our idea, you know, with this podcast is try to inspire people, educate, you know, ideally entertain a little bit, but get people to add some adventure to your life.
1: Yeah, and I think some people share your sense of um, giving back. I know it's, it's something that I would like to do. It's always been on my bucket list to do some kind of volunteer humanitarian work even if it's on like, a work vacation some kind of, something like that right
2: it doesn't have to be international either like I do a lot of things around home like there's a great organization in Etobicoke that just hires people not hires people but they call people in yeah um for maybe a five-hour stint just doing packing for
1: distributions that they send abroad that yeah. is interesting for me um because I was going to go down the path of doing something like that but um for me it was more about the culture and the humanitarian work that went along with it but to me it was just i i was actually as you sometimes once you talk about you love being around animals you find them far more interesting for me it was always foreigners foreigners are far more interesting to me than canadians because they think differently where am i going with this conversation is um i don't remember <laughs> this is what happens when you drink you lose your train of thought <laughs> <laughs> way, to,
0: way to blame the wine I know I have <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen um, I've had <laughs> countless conversations with Catherine when uh, wine was not in the building um, and this shit happens anyway so disregard her blaming of the uh, the fermented uh, grape
1: if you'd like a prompt <laughs> please
2: um, thank you yeah, you were you were talking about um, how you had, had an in- that you believe that other people also have an interest in giving back.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was the point of that? Yeah, you were, you, know, you were saying
2: like you and yourself,
1: you yeah. yourself in particular, we're also interested.
0: Yeah, And there there's culture. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because yeah, so, oh, right, because you said you can do it in your own backyard. Yeah. So for me, um, that was, that's not enough.
0: You want the exotic.
1: I do. I do. So when I went on holidays um, in the past, so we went to Tunisia, Right. We went to Brazil and a bunch of places, um, the Yukon. that was fun. It was always about getting... I never wanted to stay in a resort. you know. Stay somewhere where the locals are, get to know the locals. Lucky,
0: lucky you were with me, you never stayed at a resort. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I would like to welcome you to your hacienda, a tent on the side of a mountain. It's always one of those um, things I've found about you. Is it being... I'm going to say like a disquieted soul. Um from that standpoint, they like there's uh almost being born uh too late. Like there there's that kind of like I always found that sense of an explorer in you. Right? And it and it sucks when you have that when most things have been explored. <laughs> but but there's always that kind of thing of like when you travel Not that you don't research where you're going, um, but even Catherine and I were talking. for the AT. Yeah. (laughs) That that was a case of you're like, well, listen, you've done it before. I'm just, whatever you tell me, that's fine.
1: (laughs) I didn't know a single thing, though. Yes. So, Katie, um, before you met Winston, how much backpacking or how had you done? Because I got the impression. Very little. little, That's what I wondered. Very little. Okay. So, I was
2: actually, um, I was a completely different person even when I was in university. Than I am now okay um, I actually kind of had a bit of a transition after the first time that I went tree planting and mm-hmm. after that I, I like I've been camping since I was little but it was always car camping gotcha my dad took my sister and I car camping from the time that we were probably six years old and we go every summer we'd usually go for like three to four weeks every summer to oh wow yeah so it's like a long stint but it's it's car camping so like, <laughs> yeah I guess you're still in a tent it's still fun yeah, yeah. you're still in a tent so it's still It's different, though. Yeah. It's different than backpacking. Yeah, it's different than actually going anything backcountry. I hadn't really done anything backcountry.
0: So Katie's first backpacking experience was in february in pennsylvania
2: that's pretty impressive i was so cold
0: one night was minus 12 the next was minus 17
2: yeah (laughs) and the first night i wasn't prepared for it and we didn't have we didn't have the down blanket underneath the hammock either really yeah Yeah. we we, we
0: slept in a hammock with no tarp over it so we could look at the stars
2: (gasps) (gasps) and then and i like winston fell asleep and i had to wake him up and i'm just like Winston, i
0: think i'm hypothermic
2: yeah i said said, i'm like my my core's cold he's like pardon yeah, <laughs> my, yeah. Co- my core is cold uh katie that's a really big problem <laughs> I, I know something it just doesn't feel right like i don't feel right he's okay we're gonna hang the sleeping bag we're putting up the yeah, time yeah, it was yeah. just like within probably 10 minutes it was set up and it was Boom. so bundled I'm like, oh i'm good man thank you
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah when katie's yeah. not sleeping there's a problem yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: like I, was, I was
2: so cold so unbelievable yeah because it was
0: like we, we drove down to pennsylvania it was the weirdest conditions you know because we took snowshoes with us and we were all ready for winter and it was cold as fuck literally not, yeah
2: not really any there was snow. no we
0: didn't need we left the snowshoes in the car yeah you know because you didn't need them <laughs> it was one of these like hilarious things where it's like oh okay and you know we, we, it was tracy ridge you know, so the first night was like maybe 200 meters from the car. We w- hiked down the trail. I didn't just, even
2: think it was that far because uh, yeah. we had to go back up to the car to get stuff to keep warm.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs> couldn't have been that far.
0: And then, and then the next night we went all the way down to the Allegheny Reservoir. And it was so okay. so cool because there's still river flow because it's the Allegheny River, and like the ice is like exploding and cracking in the middle of the night. That yeah, was really neat. You That's know, cool. And that that was the night. The wolves. Uh, Coyotes. The high
1: coyotes, sorry.
0: You know. Um, Came
1: out. Because I remember hearing them when I was out there, too. Yeah. That one time you were spotting me. Yeah.
0: You know, because it, w- it was one of those ones where, like, in the middle of the night, we hear, like, movement over here. And then you hear movement over here. Oh. <laughs>
1: There's no real threat, though, is there? I know you had the fire going.
0: Well, with the fire We've, the fire pretty much burned yeah, out. Yeah,
2: the fire pretty much burned out. We were only under a tarp. We weren't in a tent. And right. And we started hearing things. And we're kind of like, wait, what's going on? turn on the flashlight and then you see a set of
1: eyes and you're like okay they're not very far away so and then, yeah. and then when you start looking start around you see another set of
0: eyes and so the here's, the, set.
1: here's the question though had you not done anything is there a threat with um, the,
0: uh, the so they're wild animals right right they're wild animals do they go off your, were they were in a pack yes um
1: they're more any
0: animal and these are predators so any animal that is hungry enough you know
1: probably in february they're probably hungry yeah
0: so so the potential exists
2: and we also had a bunch of food too
0: yeah i didn't hang
1: it because it's winter yeah
0: yeah we weren't worried about bears they are gonna go after your food Mm -hmm. and our
2: bags are right beside us too because we're just under a tarp (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's like literally underneath the tarp with us yeah so the (laughs) the nice
0: thing the nice thing is is (laughs) it took nothing to get up because yeah we didn't douse the fire because there was fucking no water um, you know, we just let it burn down. It was in actually like these campsites have like a metal fire ring, so we're not worried about it spreading.
1: Yeah. And how long did it take for them to skedaddle?
2: Took longer than you'd like because we had yeah. to find sticks because we had cleared out all the sticks that were right around the campsite. And they're just looking like, like, at your to food, start yeah. the actual fire. So we were actually venturing away from the campsite to try and find sticks, but we have to go together because we can see three sets of eyes as we're going. <laughs> and when so it's like, like trying to collect, collect
1: the food. It's just you. Just see glowing eyes. Right? Yeah, you just look. you yeah, scan around so, and you see the glowing yeah, eyes. You just see glowing how eyes. many? How many were there? Do you think? I, 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 I saw,
0: counted four.
1: Okay, yeah. I was gonna say I remember three. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. But still. So. You know. Yeah, but it's just but like then,
2: gather all the sticks, go start fire, and then just sat around the fire. And then I'm just, I'm made just wondering. Some noise. Wait a second. How
1: far away were they from you?
0: I uh, basically 10 the feet, one. 20? Well, no, But maybe, 30, 40 feet. So oh, there's okay. like a,
1: a big like
2: hill like a yeah, ridge yeah. and they were along the top of it and gotcha. we were at the bottom. okay but it's like we could walk up it so it's not super steep so they yeah. could come down but it was still like it was a fairly good distance mm-hmm.
0: you know but it was a thing very clearly it's like oh puppy 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 you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> only they weren't puppies yeah. like if it was real dogs i'd say come huddle with us and keep us warm <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um so and that sort of makes us almost a perfect segue mm-hmm. um um before that summer right when you were out tree planting in bc um i used to have the coolest bear story so now i'm a man enough to admit <laughs> that i went from having the most badass bear story because i hit a bear on the nose with a stick and drove it away
2: Hey, there was no contact in mine no so you can keep that title if you want
0: no but mine was a fucking <laughs> 150 pound black bear that we're we're going to do a segue into you were planting trees on a hillside mountainside
2: i startled a grizzly
0: yeah so take us through that story because yeah it, in detail because I, I remember where i was you called me and told me the entire story and i'm like i think i called
2: uh, you when i got back from like when the day finished I'm yeah at sure. the end of the day yeah yeah um I don't even know. Where I haven't told that story in so long. <laughs> Just doesn't come up day to day conversation. So
0: maybe, if you're the person who's like, it's, it's
2: come up. It's maybe come up like twice since it actually happened. Had you been
1: Winston, he would have told this like a thousand times. Okay. Right? Except
2: for like, if Winston's brought it up to people yeah. and they've asked me about it, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Aside yeah. from that, like, I haven't really mentioned it. Um, so it was planting. It was tree planting. It was in northern BC. It was uh, north of Chetwynd. To give you an idea of where that is. Look it up on Um, Google's people. Yeah. (laughs) It's about 15 hours north of Vancouver. I was planting alone that day. I didn't really like planting alone for the most part though. But on that day I felt pretty open to it. And so I was actually really excited to plant alone. So I'm planting alone. Everything's going fine. So when you're doing the back line of your piece, you're right along the brush and the bush and the uncut area of your piece. But the thing is with... A lot of areas that have been clear cut. A lot of animals like to be there because Mm -hmm. it's it was their territory. Yeah, and it's open as well, so they can see a lot more. Mm -hmm. They have a better idea of what's going on and where things are and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I would assume. But yeah, I was planting along the back of my piece, and I hit a rock or something, and I actually startled a grizzly that had been sleeping, and I woke it up. Oh, and it made like a big huffing sound, like a snuff, and it.
1: (laughs) How big was it?
2: (laughs) It was an adolescent. So it wasn't it wasn't a full grown. I'm actually pretty thankful that it was an adolescent too, because if it had been full grown, I don't think the situation would have played out the way that it did. But um so it was an adolescent, it's medium size. I'd say it's probably like two years old would be my guess. How
1: many hundreds of pounds would that be?
2: I don't even know how big it was. It's was taller than me, if that gives you uh makes sense. Standing obviously. up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see. it stood up on its handle. And what's your height? Um I'm five three, almost. Okay. Yeah, so um, Planting along the back, hit a rock, startled it, it woke up, made a big huffing sound, and then it took off into the bush. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, I've scared it away. I didn't even see what kind of bear it was to start. I just knew that I scared something that was big. And I'm like, pretty sure it's a bear, but 99% sure it's a bear. Probably should tell everyone, should I leave? Do I keep planting? It's clearly not here anymore. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Planted like one or two more trees. I'm like, that's insane. You need to go back. You need to tell someone that this is here because if anything happens, you're alone right now. So I started walking back and when I got probably about 30 feet from the bush line, I hear a bunch of like rustling sounds and I look back and it's actually emerged from the bush line. Oh, wow. So you were
1: actually making your way back to your team. Yeah. It's a good thing you were.
2: Yeah. So if I (laughs) hadn't have, I would have been a lot closer to it too. Yeah. But it's probably about 30 feet away. I don't fully remember
1: anymore she blocked it out <laughs> ladies and
0: gentlemen <laughs> ptsd kids ptsd no i
2: don't think it's, yeah. PTSD. it's just been a couple of years right like it's
1: been three and a half years now so Anyways, i won't give it away but it was a big deal Go yeah on.
2: but it um it came towards me it started charging me i still don't know if it's a bluff charge i'm assuming it's a bluff charge because like I'm how fast here. is this charge it was pretty quick like it was Shit. it was running and it got up to 10 feet away from me
1: to oh, give wow. you an idea
2: and i was once it came out of the bushes i immediately thought back to like the tree planting training which tells you how you're supposed to respond to a bear and like i already learned about these things before but that's where my brain went
1: yes and it's
2: like okay so what do you do got to make yourself look really big and really loud and scare it off don't do that with a grizzly for one which is why i'm lucky it was an adolescent (laughs) if it's a grizzly you're told that you're supposed to like essentially curl up in a ball and just don't move play dead
0: Or or avert eye contact and slowly back away.
2: So I I put my shovel, I had a little shovel. It's planting shovels go probably just a little bit above your knee. And I put it above my head and I have both my arms up and I'm kind of waving my arms in a crossing motion as if I'm like flagging down a helicopter. Okay, so you did the opposite of what you were told at this point. Yeah, but that's also because I wasn't really paying attention to what bear it was, which is not great. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, my my, I was just I wanted to make yeah, yeah well, actually, that's okay. That's okay. That's I'm point, not though. criticizing you. No, no, it's a just... good point though.
0: <laughs> and if you're gonna go out, go out on your feet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's weird because my brave. brain I'm still okay. like, oh, I responded the way I was supposed to. Okay, it's go on. Like, Not really for a grizzly
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for a black bear. Though. Perfect for a black bear.
2: <laughs> 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 not for a grizzly. Okay. But yeah, so I made myself look really big, and I was I was yelling, but I was yelling in like a as calm and relaxed as I could. I truly believe I was pretty calm and relaxed. And I was saying um, things along the lines of there's a bear on my piece. He's walking towards me. Um, Just making people aware of what was happening in the situation. Not yelling at the bear, but yelling to let my teammates, like my crewmates, know what was happening.
1: How far away are they from you? You
2: couldn't see any of them, to give you an idea. (laughs) You can't see, like I couldn't see anyone. Because you're on a slope, right? Yeah, and it's also... um, Just because of the way that the piece was, so the, not even the piece, I can't even think of the right term for it anymore, the block. Yes. So the way that the block is split up into pieces, there's really big pieces that you could work on for a full day before you finish, if not multiple days before you finish. So if you're in a piece by yourself and it's enough that could get you through an eight hour day, 10 hour day. Oh my God. Or two days and then someone's on a different piece, you're not going to. Be able to see them.
1: So you're obviously screaming, screaming loudly. Yeah, it was. I was calmly. really
2: loud. Yeah, so it was really loud, okay. and you could hear people screaming. I remember Amabel just screaming, "Katie!" and I could hear her like running. So she was reasonably close. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So you could hear her running through the forest, and um, yeah, I was just yelling, making sure that everyone was aware of what was going on. But when it got to about ten feet, I kind of panicked a bit. Yeah, because I realized that the situation wasn't ideal. And so I did the one thing that you're really not supposed to do. Although up until then, I wasn't really doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but I, I looked it directly in the eyes. What was that like? Um, it was okay. I don't know how to describe it. It was okay. It, um, it was good in a way because it gave me a couple seconds because it wasn't expecting it. It kind of threw it off and all of a sudden it went from it was charging at me to, hey, wait, why is it looking at me? And I think I maybe became more of a threat than some sort of, I don't Katie, know, I know Katie what Mastorna, I would be before.
0: <laughs> a little bit of that big dick energy, like, I'll fuck you up there.
2: <laughs> no, definitely
1: not what I was. five for three.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I looked it in the eyes and like we locked eye contact. It didn't move. It didn't do anything. And that's when it's like, it kind of waited a couple seconds. Then it stood up on its hind legs and it started sniffing. And then I'm still being like, hey guys, there's still a bear in my block. Please come help me. And it, um, it got down and it started walking towards me again. And that's when there was a couple of people that came on too. So there was one person that came and was just yelling. And then another that came and was yelling, third that was yelling, and then the whole crew was there. But one of them, he was actually a checker. So he comes around, he checks all of your trees to make sure you're planting them correctly. He came on and he was making these like these really low, deep, deep belly sounds. I don't yeah. even know how
1: to describe what they were. Yeah, like an animal?
2: Yeah, kind of. And yeah. it was just, like, really projecting it as well. So it was very loud.
1: It must be a singer.
2: <laughs> yeah, so it was very loud. And um, when he was doing that, the bear was kind of like, it stopped, it stopped walking. It got its attention. Yeah, and then... When he stopped making the sounds for a second, it would start walking towards me, and then everyone else kind of started making them, and I was even making them, and I didn't even know I could make those sounds. <laughs> and I'm making those sounds. Wait, wait, and can then, you do it now? No, I can't. <laughs> no, I have no, idea. <laughs> so I have no idea what it was. Let me but, try. Um, let me try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, now we're all fucking Sasquatching.
2: It wasn't like that.
0: <laughs> you know, now, now, now we're, like, we're like bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Let's go squatching. <laughs> Sam, squatch
2: all right go on yeah but in any case when the rest of the crew got there it took off into the woods that was the end of it so i got put on a different piece i was removed from that piece which did you have to finish working that day probably yeah i finished working that day um and while i was working actually they they brought they brought (laughs) i'm like i need a drink they brought a guy that he, he was working at our camp he was on a different block but they brought him in from the other block and he has a giant gun And so he was walking through that piece that had the bear. And there was four people. I'm pretty sure there's four people. Somewhere between two and four people. Pretty sure it was four. That ended up replanting the rest of that block that day. And I had asked them. I told them, like, I'm fine to go back. I will finish my piece. It's okay. They wouldn't let me go back on. And they replanted it without me knowing. It was kind of nice, though, because it was finished. So it was good. And then everyone just carried on. So you you
1: wrote a blog post about this. I did, and I read it, and I think I remember a piece where you you said that you locked, you looked into the the grizzly bear's eyes, and you were s- calm. Like, I was calm. Did you?
2: I was, I was pretty calm through the entire thing, actually, which really surprises me. Yeah, because I thought in that kind of situation I would have panicked.
1: Yeah, but I didn't. I felt. Did I you? Felt quite calm. Did you think you were going to make it out?
2: No. No, I didn't. Because I, th- I think that's
1: the impression is that you yeah. kind of resigned to the fact that this was it.
2: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think I was going to. But that's also because I was. I felt pretty alone at the moment. Which they obviously everyone's in earshot or close enough that once everyone started yelling, everybody got there. But, but you're
1: not paying attention to that. You're paying yeah, attention to this in, bear.
2: In that moment, I felt. I did feel pretty alone. And so I think that in that kind of situation, I didn't think I was prepared. So what was going through my mind as well is I I did have a bear spray, but it wasn't with me. So my bear spray was actually back at camp because they recommended that you don't take your bear spray onto the block because they've had more incidences with the bear spray exploding in someone's bag and actually harming a person rather than against a bear because not that many people are... Well, people do encounter bears, but... um, you're more likely to have it explode in your bag than to use it against any kind of animal. So I didn't have that. That was back at camp. I had a knife that was at my cache, so where all of my trees are. So it's completely out of range. I can't get it. I have a whistle. My whistle's actually, it's on tree planting bags. They have shoulder, like shoulder straps. Kind of looks like a harness in a way, right? And so the shoulder straps have a whistle with the buckle on the front. So you can just blow in that and you've got, sounds like a fully functioning whistle but the thing is I was I was planting without my shoulder straps I, I just had all of the weight on my hips so I had the shoulder straps behind me laying on top of my bag but they were
1: buckled so I couldn't even get to the buckle I couldn't like pull. so you're wearing it but side. you didn't even have the time to get to it. Is what I'm hearing I, you yeah say. I could,
2: it wasn't even the time to get to it it was it would have been I would have had to take my attention away from what was happening yeah, yeah, in yeah. order to get the whistle from behind me yeah. So there is no way that I could access Interesting. it. Interesting. So the only thing I had was a shovel that went just above my knee. And so like voice. a like a foot and a half shovel. And I'm like, this isn't really gonna do much in this kind of situation. But even the thought of me trying to take on a bear, no, I'm not it's not gonna happen in the first place. <laughs> so yeah. The I'm only gonna... the
0: only thing I can say in this is just from personal experience. Hit him in the nose. Yeah. That's all know. you got going for. It, yeah, I but just,
1: you're in shock, right? Yeah, I well, didn't
2: I didn't think that it would pan out the way that it did. Yeah. I definitely didn't.
1: So you thought that was it?
2: There was yeah, there was a pretty good chance that that was it. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that's when you have those moments um like obviously if you have the I think this is it and then you live through it. Um you you almost can have two reactions. One of them is like I'm never doing anything
1: unsafe uh, again. Yeah,
0: like I'm gonna live in a bubble. Or there is like I have this appreciation for life that and and it's the thing. Like I walked away from shit I shouldn't walk away from, whether it's rock climbing accidents, whether it's you know whatever. Right, like a you know, or I shouldn't say accidents because I was fine, you know. But things where it's like I should be dead and I'm not. Um, for me, it's like it, it almost acts as like an affirmation of the zest for life, right? Like like life is amazing, right? A hundred miles an hour till the wheels fall off, <laughs> you know. Not, oh, you know, I skated through that one, so I'm never taking a risk again.
2: I don't think I was so extreme on either end. I think mine was more that it helped me. It helped me take a very deep look at myself, mm-hmm. and I realized I was very comfortable with who I was and who I was becoming, and I was just very happy with that moment. Yeah, but that that's what I got from that conversation
0: because, you, like, you and I talked for like probably two hours that night. Yeah, you know, it was funny because I was at a party, and you called, and like, it's like. You know, it's like, oh hello everybody, and it's okay, and and you know, I just sort of walked away and was like, what? What? <laughs>
2: I'll be back in a minute, guys. Yeah,
0: and then it was like, you know, and then I walked back and it's like, you know, people are like, oh, damn, so? she's got a better bear story. Yeah, <laughs> that one didn't come to late. I know. You know, but but would be like, funny if that was the media yeah. just like
2: my bear Fuck. story is overwritten, guys. <laughs> <sighs>
0: You yeah. know, but, but it, it, it's that thing where, where I walk back and, you know, people knew I was talking to you. So I was like, oh, how's Katie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katie just like uh, faced down a grizzly bear <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody's like, what and, the and, and fuck? And like, 12
1: people. You know. <laughs> Don't leave out that part. No, no But, but the fact
0: is, the first chunk was you and a shovel. Yeah. You know. And it's
1: a good thing you start to walk back, eh? Yeah.
0: You know, but but that's that's one of those things where um, there's this I don't know whether you want to call it serendipity or luck or any of these things. It's like those of us that have had close calls and didn't pay the ultimate price for them, right? Because there there is that kind of like capriciousness of life. There, um, you know, I've taken like a fifty foot fall rock climbing. And you know, anchors, you know, protection blew out, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, because there was, I didn't hit anything on the way down. It was like, woo, wow, well, I'm awake, you know. <laughs> and then there's people that stumble on a set of stairs and break their back. You know what I mean? Like, like the, there, there's almost like this, um, you know, randomness to life that that some of us get to have these experiences. And they they add to the flavor of our life. Because, you know, if you hadn't had that experience, right, you wouldn't be who you are.
2: Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Right? But, but, you know, if we searched you all over, you've got no scars, no wounds, no anything. Um, Because
2: it never touched me. Yeah.
0: You know. Whereas somebody else, uh, you know, something much smaller happens and then they don't get to walk away from it you know like so there there's uh, this kind of you know unfairness fairness you know whatever you want to call it to life where where some people get to have these you know um experiences that both make for great stories and also uh you know are kind of fuel to, to, you know, if you want to think of it as like the old you burning off and the new you rising. Um, and then other people get much less closer to the sun and their, their wings still melt off, (laughs) you know, like they're like a low rent Icarus and they don't get to walk away from it. Um, if anybody doesn't know, Icarus is sort of a Greek thing, you know, he made, uh, wings and, um, attached them to his back with wax and because he flew too close to the sun they melted off and the wax melted so then he felt his death right so it's the idea of like don't try too hard (laughs) i think is what it's supposed to be i don't know what the message is Um, but that's the idea you know because think of it like obviously you haven't told the story in a while right like it's you know um but how do you think that kind of experience like formed who you are because you're not you're you might have fear
2: I think I'm probably more prepared now yeah (laughs) I think that's probably
0: and this is always one of the things that uh, that I found interesting about you and that I've always questioned with myself because it's not that you don't have fears right we've had plenty of conversations there's plenty of shit you're afraid of Um, but it doesn't impede your ability to move forward you know, or at least, if it does impede it, it's not so much that you can't work it through and then go forward anyway. You know And that's always one of those things that, that I think is uh, one of the things we've always connected for or connected with, is that idea of like, yeah, we're all afraid." right? Like, you know, because people, uh, and I hate when people go, "Oh, that person's fearless." Right, and and I've heard tony, tons of people refer to you that way, um, and, it, and in a sense, it's almost like you, they refer to you that way because they don't really know you. It's not that you don't have fear, but uh, I've always said it's like fear can control you, or you can control fear.
2: I think I just try and get through it bit by bit. Like for example, I'm scared of speaking in videos or on anything that's recorded. Don't know why. <laughs> But I'm still here. It's yeah. taken me a year, but I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, uh, it's taking baby steps towards it, I would say. Yeah. To get through it. Being yeah, I pre- Being prepared is a big thing as well. So if it's something like, for example, I don't know if you're worried about, I can't even think of an example. If you're going camping and you're worried about not having clean water, redundancy is really good. So having three different ways to filter water, have access to clean water, mm-hmm. things like that. So, and what are they? You could have a water filter. You could have water tabs. You could have even just a bandana to filter out sediment. You could boil water. You could leave it in the sun for it? 24 hours. Wait, wait, wait. wait leave wait, in wait, the wait. sun for 24 hours? I don't know.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> actually you yeah. rays. Yeah, um, you, can,
2: you can for... I don't know yeah. what, the, what the date is, but I know yeah. that you can... You can leave it with like tinfoil over top of it for X amount of time. I don't know the actual amount Ooh, of Yeah, time. and it's got to be summertime. Yeah. You've never talked that about process. that.
0: Well, because it's not a reliable. Like, no, it's uh, not. <laughs> it's not. You know, it'd be one thing for a long... And uh, The other thing is like a clear bottle. Mm-hmm. In um, an
2: emergency situation, though, something... You, you can reduce the yeah.
0: bacterial load enough that you don't shave your pants. Um, good enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, so it's but, like a uh,
2: third or fourth or fifth or eighth yeah, backup. Of, it could yeah. work.
0: Um, I remember when you were going to Morocco and we talked, and you went, ah, you know, because there was a bunch of sort of like worry about kidnapping, and like, and this was like the Canadian government, yeah. like posting about that stuff. And you're like, and so, so we, you know, like I reached her some stuff, and you know, a group of us got together and bought you a spot. So you'd have a that way of. so being, sweet. You know, it's
2: like one of the sweetest things that's happened. And anytime when. So I take my spot with me everywhere I go. So like even if I'm just taking a road trip down to go see Owen, I take my spot with me. Or if I'm traveling, I'll take it. And someone always asks. It's inevitable. Someone will ask what it is, what it does. When I start explaining it, they're like, oh, that's great. How did you hear about it? Where did you get it? Oh, it was a gift. And they're all, they, when they ask me about, okay, well, who gave it to you? What does it do? Where did they get it from? And I start telling it. I'm like, oh, this is so sweet that they would do this. And everyone that I've told is just like, I can't believe you have friends that would ever do that. It was amazing. Whereas, whereas I call. think, is, great. you
0: know, fine. Think, of, think of, you know, us, like the group of us that got it, you know, um as sweet or whatever you want to call it. It was, it was more my thing of like, you know, when you got a dog that you just don't know where it's going, <laughs> <laughs> you put a tracking call. <laughs> so,
2: one of one of the women that I was in Guatemala with, she was asking about it, and when I told her, I said. It's an emergency GPS tracking unit, so I can basically send a signal that gives my GPS coordinates to my parents. It's just like, Oh gosh, you need to tell me everything about this because I have a daughter that's just started traveling and I need to know where she is at all times. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure you know yeah well and then the fact is is like soon
1: they'll be implanting
0: you know, microchips
1: yeah. under your skin <laughs> when you're yeah, asleep like, and you don't know it
0: <laughs> well and the fact is is like if anything really did go wrong other than like your broken leg or something like that and obviously the helicopter comes and it does its job um you know if, if the bad guys are kidnapping you Hitting your spot ain't doing shit. <laughs> you know, because of the time delay. and.
2: But if you have the footprints on, maybe.
0: They can follow you as long, yeah. as, as, long as nobody knows. If I foot.
2: hit emergency SOS yeah. and I had the footprints set up, they could probably follow where it was going. Yeah,
0: as long as the, the yeah. people didn't know what it was.
2: I don't think a lot of people do know what it is. Well, From that's, the impression that's, that I'm getting. Yeah,
0: from the amount of conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is a this is, a, yeah. this is a Get little, one for your kids. Yeah, this is a reach out to the um, spot people. Uh, your marketing sucks. <laughs> I was just
1: going to say, <laughs> <laughs> you should do a marketing stunt of your kid getting kidnapped. <laughs> yeah.
0: <it's> like, <laughs> plant the fear. Yeah, get Liam Neeson in the, uh, in the commercial. <laughs> if you need a man with a certain skill set.
1: <laughs> Press this <button>. you know? <laughs> man who presses buttons.
0: <laughs> you know, because it's like if you've ever watched the movie, take it. If you haven't. Like, yes, w- I have. W- you have? Yeah. Okay. You know, because that, it's right up there with Die Hard, which, you know, Catherine doesn't think Die Hard is, like, the best Christmas movie. And best what
1: movie? Christmas movie? Yeah. A Christmas Story. Christmas Carol. Because that was filmed in St. Catherine's. And it's a great movie. I've no, done no. the whole thing with, like, "Mummy, the- what sounds do piggies make? <laughs> what do they do when they see food? Or then the kid puts his, berries, his face in the spaghetti? I've done that at my, at my dinner table. I love that scene. Still. Okay. You, you don't appreciate that scene.
0: It's still not Die Hard.
1: It's, it's fucking great. He, he sucks his tongue to the flagpole. Like I understand. Triple dog, da- dog, dog, dog dare, dog dare you. you. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's classic.
0: Not as classic as Die Hard, but but it's we're past the Christmas yippee season. yippee yay motherfucker. But that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Anyway, so no, you know, this is uh three hours yeah (laughs) well anyway thank you for finally being on the podcast thank Uh, you for having me yeah yeah this has been fun this is really when you're lying on your deathbed right what you want to have and even if they're not always ones that put you in a good light you want to have good stories right like imagine you look back in your life and you got no good stories you fucked up right
2: There was a man that once told me that stories are the most valuable thing that you could pass on to someone because if you, for example, you can give gifts, which are nice and appreciated, but if you pass on a story, it means that you're trusting them with it because stories are often altered. So they're trusting that you're going to keep it as true to the word as possible. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. The stories are nice.
0: So that's right. So everybody, stories are nice. This is Live World Radio. Work hard. Play dirty.
1: Bye. We'll see you next
0: time.